I basically did like that whole 2000s <laughs> movie glow up. Is that a new girl type shit? Right. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. No, go that. for it. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, swag. But um, <laughs> now, but basic. swag is off limits. Um, unfortunately. Uh, damn, that's like the number one like term I use in my vocabulary. It's the swag, oh, no. groovy, and <gasps> sexy, nasty. Hell yeah! I appreciate the groovy love. There's not enough enough of it. I love that word. Like anytime I hear somebody say groovy, like like I don't care who you like, what your preference is, what mm. you look like, how tall you are. If you say groovy to me and you make eye contact with me, I'm head over heels in love. <laughs> Wins our marriage. I'm currently planning it in my head at the moment. Damn, she's just yes. giving out this info for free. I, uh... <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, take notes. Of course, of course. Hi, I'm Brad. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Edmonton, Alberta. I'm in Argentina right now, Buenos Aires. I am from uh, California. And wherever you are, welcome to Blonde Radio. Hi, I'm Brad. I live on the west coast of Canada. I'm probably not drinking enough water, and I'm really looking forward for autumn to arrive. And welcome to Blonde Radio, where every week I book calls with strangers from around the world. Today we'll talk to Eunice, who's honing her passion in performance arts, Layla, a fashion student with a global identity, and Ethan Frank, one of my favorite filmmakers currently on TikTok. But first, this week at Blonde Radio on Instagram, I gave you guys a prompt. What does the phrase being passionate about something mean to you? Here's what you had to say. Hey Brad, it's Ari calling from the Netherlands. For me, being passionate is thinking about something all day and all night and not being able to let go of it because I really want to work on it. I really want to grow with it. I really want to do something with it and spend a lot of time on it. That's what being passionate is for me. Hi, I'm Laura calling from Provo, Utah. And to me, being passionate about something means pursuing it even when you feel afraid. I have this quote on my wall and I'll just read it. And one day she discovered that she was fierce and strong and full of fire and that not even she could hold herself back because her passion burned brighter than her fears. That's just kind of what it's always meant to me. Hi, I'm Florence. I'm from Gnieszno, Poland. And passion for me is when I think of something and just instantly I smile because this thought makes me so joyful and feel so peaceful that I cannot help myself. Hey Brad, it's Sophia. For me, being passionate about something means that I'm not afraid to mess up. I can explore my hobby or my passion or whatever it is that I'm feeling really excited about or enthusiastic about freely without the fear of judgment or looking stupid or whatever because when you have a drive for something the fear kind of goes away thanks to everyone for submitting the responses and we'll hear more answers throughout today's show hello 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 hey i'm brad nice to meet you eunice love awesome to meet you very good sweet and uh yeah i don't know if I feel like I've mentioned it previously at some point, but I used to live in Edmonton. No way. way. Oh my God. Wow. You escaped. <laughs> you know what? Born and raised in like British Columbia, moved around here a lot, and I'm currently on Vancouver Island. But about two years ago, I spent, yeah, like eight months in Edmonton just just because. <laughs> just because? Really? Out of all places? <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that. And you know what? I showed up uh, end of September, left in March. <laughs> 
punctual. You're like, I had my taste of it. Literally, all I experienced was winter. Winter I'm for out. real. Yeah. I don't know. I like the people that I worked at the uh, the princess on White Ave. Oh, nice. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Okay. Okay. Totally. You were like in the White Ave area. Okay. So well, you're like in the artsy side. I mean, I lived in Pawnee Dune. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps getting better. <laughs> Wow, I love this. I, have you lived in Edmonton your whole life? Half and half. Well, okay. almost half my life. Uh, I moved uh, from Montreal, Quebec. Oh, yeah. And then, honestly, when I would tell people about that, they're like, where? Where's that? I don't know Edmonton. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, me too. What is this? I don't know where my mom's taking me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been here for like eight oh, years. You've grown accustomed yeah. to it, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. Ugh, I hate when people say I sound like a bird or girl. I'm like, oh, please, no. don't hurt me like this. Don't, don't do that to me. me. <laughs> don't do that to me. Beautiful. Well, um, sweet. I think off the bat, if you're just like to sort of give an elevator pitch of like who you are to someone that maybe didn't know you, like, they're like, what do you do? What are you about? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, I got this. I, I've done Model UN. I could do this. Oh, Hi. Beauty. My name's Eunice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My name's Eunice Katama, and I am an actor slash, just in general, an art ho. Mm-hmm. I do directing, acting, dancing, singing, etc., and filming now. A bit about me, honestly, I feel like I'm just the kind of person that. I just love being around people and mm-hmm. so I tend to find myself in all sorts of groups of friends. It's actually kind of overwhelming sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, who am I? Where's my inner circle? I am everyone's circle. I'm in everyone's <laughs> circle. But yeah, it's it's really great. I really love theater. So that's mm-hmm. like my passion, the core of my heart. That's awesome. And when did theater and art start for you? Was that from like as a kid or... It definitely started as a kid. Like, I honestly, my parents were not surprised that I went into drama. Like, right. they they were like, we kind of fostered this into. We put, we put you into improv. We put you into band. We made you do slam poetry when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. So, like, essentially, it was fostered into me. And it was always a part of my life. Like, storytelling has always been part of my life. Honestly, probably made me a better person. <laughs> For real. I like that a lot. Yeah. So what draws you to create? Because there's so many different motivations. I've talked to people who do it as sort of like it's meditative or it's therapy or it's, you know, in its basic form, it's expression. What drive are you chasing? Mm, my drive is to tell the story, the untold story in myself. Mm. I find this creative process has is a beautiful outlet to just, again, tell stories that doesn't have to be conventionally shared mm. and it gives you all sorts of like forums to do so and it's so when you think about history when you think about human history a lot of our history is told through tales it's mm-hmm. told through stories it's told through someone else's experience and I feel my creative process my goal is to continue to sharing the rich in a life mm-hmm. that encompasses our humanity that's mm. such a general broad way I guess I could also say I just love entertaining <laughs> <laughs> and I just yeah exactly exactly I love entertaining and I like being able to create and see it manifest and see people's honestly reaction I think that's what also people are missing about live theater Mm. right now because theaters have been closed because of COVID for great reasons obviously but it's already such a yeah obviously like oh can you imagine hundreds of people together (laughs) (laughs) just like just talking to each other oh my goodness super poor ventilation (laughs) super poor ventilation the air quality in some oh my goodness uh I could smell the history. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think people are missing just the experience of just 
being able to react. I think it's just like you want to feel like connected in the community and theater and especially watching it, you feel this energy and you get energized by the performances on stage. And I love that. It's that whole like adrenaline, like it's a rush. It's addictive. It's actually addictive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't get enough of it. (laughs) That's awesome. And that's so cool that you've like found that. So arguably like early in your life, which is definitely there's people that maybe would go on autopilot or just sort of suss out a bunch of different things. But yeah, that's cool that you've you found what I feel is maybe your passion. Yeah, it is a blessing. Can I go on a rant about passion? Go for it. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I have a friend and she asked me, Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people see that they're like, you just knew. And a lot of people who go into theater just kind of know mm. a bit, or like at least they kind of find themselves end up being in it, like they fall into it or it just comes into their life. But she's asking, she's like, okay, so you know, choosing your passion is not going to be a success. Like you're going to fail. Mm. She's like, why would you do that? Like, why would you choose your passion as the form of your career? And then I was like, I had a whole week of like really thinking about it and being like, yeah, what, what am I doing? And then I like reassessed myself and I said, okay, what is my real main purpose of doing this? Well, I really love working with communities. Mm -hmm. I really like understanding the human condition. I quite enjoy telling stories that are not always conventional. Just I love the fact that I can manifest in different ways. And then I told myself, okay, and then also I just honestly just enjoy creating and making pieces and stories with people and people from all sorts of backgrounds. And I think that's like my core of it is to uh, build a community and keep building communities to form art spaces to tell stories. And then I said, well, I could have done that with anything. I could have been an author, could have been a writer, could have been like a motivational speaker, but I chose theater to Mm -hmm. like actually manifest that passion into something uh, tangible. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's like you have the energy and then you have the focus. So it's like this perfect marriage. Yes. yes. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I like that. What would you um for? OK, so first of all, 2020, we're living. But <laughs> what would you say is the biggest growth you've experienced in 2020? Ooh, <laughs> 2020 and growth. Let's talk about that. Oh, oh my goodness. She's been messy. Mm-hmm. She didn't give us a break. Nope. It's like back to back to back to back. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like at one point we kind of hit a, like a plateau of like exhaustion. Like everyone was just like, I need a moment to pause. And I think mm-hmm. when I was quarantined, that was like my moment to like pause. I think within that time, I just stopped uh doubting calling myself an artist i think for the longest time the word just sounded so not like pretentious but kind of just like it didn't it felt like it was saying one thing and people will think of one particular thing i didn't feel like i feel validated enough to call myself one Mm -hmm. i kind of felt felt how like imposter syndrome about it and i was like am i really like what do i have to show for it but i have years to show for it and and i did that through starting a theater blog with a friend of mine and yeah we started a blog and from that I did a lot of like soul searching Mm -hmm. I'm gonna gonna be honest with you self-love did come into play (laughs) hello 
Hello. Um, hello, self-love. Hey, it's me. Um, self-love really did come into play because I think that I wouldn't have been able to do all of like all the work I've been doing the past four months mm -hmm. if I didn't believe I was deserving of it. As soon as I believed I was deserving of opportunities coming this way, like opportunities to be able to collaborate with other theater companies, opportunities to be able to do like small uh, adjacent projects with uh, artists in Calgary and in Edmonton, I wouldn't think I deserved that. I would have let, definitely let my imposter syndrome or self-doubt come into play if I didn't uh, appreciate my own worth and my own purpose in this um, craft. Wow. Yeah. That's super beautiful. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's that is such a big step to like sort of put your foot down and be like, no, I, yeah, I do make stuff. I am an artist. And like these are opportunities afforded to me that I am worthy to accept. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is really cool. Oh. <laughs> a blessing. Well, thank you for taking time every day to speak to me. But I was wondering, um, in closing, what advice could you give people regarding empathy? Because a high school theater kid here, uh, <laughs> performing, a, yeah, a uh, performance arts is so empathy based. Like it's mm -hmm. it's seen from a different lens. What could you pass along to someone who you know maybe isn't in performance arts and maybe doesn't get that side of it? Empathy, empathy. Whew. Uh, empathy is really understanding, right? It's really mm -hmm. actually being able to like um, take separate yourself and your own uh, unconscious biases or biases and being able to really like dig deep into someone else's. And I think the only way you can do that is by listening and seeing being able to see someone else. And I mean, it comes to the concept of like being seen and seeing. And being seen is allowing yourself to be vulnerable and not control the perception of who you want to be seen as mm -hmm. and just and just be yourself unfiltered. And I think with theater, like you're always just trying to learn to just follow your impulses, not filter yourself. And that's just like, like not thinking that you being vulnerable is not strength, but it is strength. And I think for people on the opposite end, it forms an empathic, like, like a loop of empathy if you're able to actually see someone and accept them for what they show you, for who they are. It plays along with like, don't judge a book by its cover kind of, you know, <laughs> very like a cliche quote, but you know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's true. Like don't judge a book by its cover, actually like see someone, listen, be present. It's about presence really. We're all humans and we all show different aspects of ourselves. So it's just like being okay with sharing whatever part of you want to share, but honestly just doing that unapologetically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's just keep it raw. <laughs> Keep it raw, exactly. Um, protection, obviously. Uh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> 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 little extra bonus education, but of course, thank you. <laughs> A little tidbit, you're welcome. <laughs> Lovely, thank you. Well, that's super beautiful, Eunice. Thank you for sharing. Oh, it was so great talking to you. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I remember seeing your initial message, but... God, my DMs are just a, a hellscape. Oh. It's it's unfortunate, but <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you got loaded of DMs. Wow, it's, it's a lot of work, but I wouldn't have it any other way. But then you sent that voice message, and I was like, right, right, this person. So thank you again for reaching out. That uh, was really cool. Oh my gosh, thank you again. Uh, thank you so much for speaking, and we'll definitely be in touch. Okay, well, ciao, <laughs> ciao. Hi Brad, this is Jody calling in from the Bay Area, California. Being passionate about something to me is 
Well, I just I want to pour myself into this thing or person. It makes me feel happy and fulfilled as I'm getting to know them more and more. It's almost like a give and take relationship. I know I'm passionate about something when I come out with more than I did before, and I'm I'm stuck in this cycle, of this passion breeding more and more passion. You know. Hi, Brad. I'm Ernesto from Mexico City, and I believe that everything that makes you passionate is something that you have found that makes you feel complete. Something you really want to do, and every time you do it, you feel like you need to do more of it. And that's all I think. <laughs> See ya. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? <laughs> Yeah, perfect. I'm Brad.、Okay. Nice to meet you. This is Leila. Yeah. Yeah, Leila. Perfect.、Yes. Awesome. And where are you calling from? Um. Well, I'm in Argentina right now, Buenos Aires. <laughs> Sweet. How's your day going? It's going nice. Yeah. It's been a nice day here.、Yes. How is it going over there in、uh, Canada? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> West Coast Canada. It's good. My sleep schedule is <laughs> absolute garbage <laughs> at this point, but.、Uh, Definitely, I guess just off the bat, give me sort of like the pitch on you. If you were to describe yourself to someone who、uh, didn't know you, like who are you and what do you do? Well, I was born and raised in Berlin, Germany.、Mm-hmm. My parents both are from Argentina,、oh, but、wow. growing up, I've never been here before. I think once or twice, but I was like a child. I I don't remember.、Mm-hmm. When I turned seventeen. I knew I didn't want to study there in Berlin in Germany, so my father was going back to Argentina, and so I said, "Okay, let's let's try this. I mean, I can always go back."、Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I went here, and then I started studying fashion design. I'm kind of loving it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, I was just、yeah. gonna ask about that because you fashion, and that's what you're in school for, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, exactly. But, but then you also like you have so many different hobbies. It looks like from like photography、yeah. <laughs> to embroidery, design. Do you find yourself juggling these, or do you tend to focus on one at a time, or like? Well, I try to combine most of them because I mean,、mm-hmm. it's not like that. I'm only studying fashion design because I mean, I learn how to sew and how to make patterns and everything. But we also manage the whole photo shooting and making the makeup, and I really enjoy that part. I like the idea that you don't have to be good or like an expert just in one thing. Like I like having a lot of things that I'm kind of good at. I I, I don't like being like perfect at anything. Right. So. Right. No, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, what you're speaking to, it kind of feels like yeah, all the things you're learning like might inform and like help each other. So it's not like necessarily you're putting yourself into a box or anything. Yeah. And it's funny because studying here fashion design, I've kind of figured out I don't want to do the whole I don't know working and making my own label kind、mm. of part of fashion design. But I really do love movies and photography. Oh,、so、interesting! I kind of want to become a costume designer.、Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna do like a postgraduate study back in Europe. Yeah,、That'd、try to figure that out. <laughs> Definitely ideal.、So. Yeah, you got me there. Huge fan of, of films here, and that'd be yeah, just like so cool to work on. I I couldn't imagine just like being on different sets throughout your whole career. That'd be amazing.、Mm-hmm. Do you come from a creative family? Yeah, both my parents are artists. Like they draw both of them. I love it. But kind of very different styles. My mother is more of a like. Hyper realistic、mm-hmm. painting. She makes like portraits and stuff. And my father is more like I don't know. It's abstract, and most of the times I don't get it myself. But 
Totally. Um, Very cool. Nice. How much of you would you say is in your fashion? Like how connected is your, like, like how it, I don't know. When I like make a piece of art, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Do you I feel mean, like. I mean, how much do I put of myself in yeah, fashion? Yeah. I like, I mean, I've always liked dressing myself. My parents always were quite liberal in the sense of, I mean, you have to be warm and not get a cold, but you can put on whatever you want. Right. Which in retrospect, I see pictures of me when I was small and I was like, how the hell did you let me go out like that? <laughs> but I guess they just let us express ourselves. I mean, me and my sister, we both had completely freedom to put on whatever we wanted. And oh. I guess that's how I kind of always liked putting myself together. I mean, not even like to look nice, but I, I like to make like a character. Mm-hmm. It's like based on what I put on. And there are days where I just feel like skinny jeans and a t-shirt and I don't have the time, but because maybe I'm not even in the mood. I really like the 50s. I like pleated pants, but like tailoring and old clothes. I like clothes my grandma used to wear. And I guess I kind of express myself in the best way when I dress like I like to dress. Mm. And I think it's easy to follow trends and trends is something that, I mean, they exist because they work. Um, I think it's easy to fall into that and think, okay, I'm expressing myself, but I like to sometimes like think, okay, am I wearing this because I like it because I feel like it's telling what I want to say, or is it just, am I just putting this on because everyone is wearing it and it's easy to just put it on. I mean, it's easy to fit in. It's it is really easy to fit in and it's really hard to just stand up and say, no, I don't really like this. I mean, it's okay that everyone else likes it. It, It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think I like it. I think fashion is one of those parts where I can stand up and say, okay, no, I want to wear, I don't know, um, a completely checkered outfit and be okay with it. And mm-hmm. I don't care if people look weird or it's it's what I feel. It's what I relate to. I don't know. Totally. I feel like a lot of people just like sort of fall back on convenience and what's accessible but like it's so like we're so visual as creatures and it's just this whole facet that I feel like gets overlooked so often I wish I I, I know I wish I put more effort into my (laughs) into my clothes my fashion but yeah I really appreciate that there's people in the world like you that are just like actively engaging with that side of uh character and personality and expression yeah. But I think it's, it's. I mean, sometimes people say like, oh, you must think that I'm really boring with what I wear and whatever. And it's like, I don't really care. I mean, you, I mean, for example, you said like, oh, I wish I would put more effort. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to maybe, I mean, you choose your clothes, you choose every day what you wear. And if that is what works for you, then I mean, maybe you express yourself in a different way. Not everybody has to express themselves in the same way, because I mean, it, that would be so boring, right. so fucking boring. Totally. So I think fashion is a fun way to express ones, but you don't have to. <laughs> Definitely. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so Mm-hmm. you've had this experience growing up and it it sounds like you've maybe are between these two worlds of you know being raised in a place that your folks aren't necessarily from but then returning to this place do you feel like that's had an impact on your identity or are you comfortable with how kind of global your life story is I think there's something interesting and fun about the way I was raised mm-hmm. but the same thing makes me sometimes feel so out of place mm-hmm. so like I don't belong neither to Germany 
nor to Argentina completely. I mean, I think maybe people who were raised with two different cultures can relate to this. Like you don't feel like you belong to one, but neither to the other. So you're kind of in this in-between where do I even belong somewhere? Sometimes you feel like, oh yeah, I can totally live here and I can put myself into this whole different culture. And then there are certain things because of the way you were raised or the people you were raised around you that you feel like you don't quite fit in at all mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know it's it's kind of weird because i speak spanish my mother tongue and i can speak fluent german and i can speak fluent spanish and right. when i'm here nobody thinks otherwise that i'm not from argentina and when i'm in germany nobody thinks okay no she's not german mm. so there's this whole part of my life that sometimes Because it's not noticeable directly when I speak to people that are, I don't know, that speak the same language, mm -hmm. that sometimes it's easy to put in boxes. And sometimes when you try to get out of them, it's like, no, 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 but we put you already here. I mean, you speak Spanish. So you, like, you know, you're, you're from Argentina. It's like, no, but right. I lived 17 years somewhere else. <laughs> Totally. It's that sort of going back to the, that idea of like standing out and yeah, not wanting to be put in a line sort of with any, everyone else. Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you for speaking to me. But in closing, I was wondering, what's the best piece of advice you could give to someone who's trying to discover their own personal style in art? Because if anything, I feel like that's something you're fairly confident in. I just like <laughs> I feel like this cohesive flow in your I don't know, in your feed and stuff. <laughs> Um, I guess don't like get discouraged when you don't succeed right away. Mm. We have this thing where like we try it once and if we don't do it perfect, okay, it's garbage and it doesn't bring us anything. And to be really good at something, it takes time and it takes and you, you have to fail so many times until you figure it out. And once then you figure it out, it's like, okay, I did it. Mm. But you can't expect to succeed right away but part of the learning process at anything i mean and trying to figure out who you are trying to figure you have to try things and learn that i don't know i try shorts and i don't like wearing shorts okay i tried it i didn't like it right. so i'm gonna wear i don't know cargo pants and i don't like them either you have to try and don't be afraid to not liking things and don't get frustrated when you don't like things mm. just know them yeah. i don't know if <laughs> I think didn't help very much, but no, no, um, I like that. Because how else are you gonna know until you get your feet wet? Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I, it 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 was quite spontaneous, but I really liked it. <laughs> well, thank you again, Leila. It's been super lovely to chat and uh, enjoy. I hope you got your stuff done, <laughs> and I hope you have yeah, a, thanks. a lovely night. You too, with the podcast. I'm gonna listen to it. Ah, too kind, <laughs> sweet. I'll be in touch, and I'll talk to you later. Ciao. Bye. Hi, I'm Delilia. I'm calling from Moscow, Russia. And well, um, to me, passion is something that makes me want to live my life and improve at living it. It gives me hope for my future and a lot of motivation to do things. Hi, I'm Camila, calling from Sao Paulo State in Brazil. For me, being passionate means feeling like you belong to that person, hobby, career, purpose, or matter you would like to call. It's a natural connection to something that moves you and makes you feel understood. I think being passionate is being willing to risk and take action into something that is close to your heart instead of your mind.
Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds awesome. good. What's up, dude? I'm doing good. I'm Brad. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm Ethan, but I mean, I guess we already know each other kind of, so. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend himself. It's an honor. Uh, where are you calling from? I am from uh, California. Oh, hell yeah. West Coast yeah. gang for real. How's your day going? Pretty good. I just finished up a video and, uh, you know, <laughs> feeling good about that, so. Awesome. Nothing beats the feeling of like finishing a really good video. Uh, yeah, totally. Well, I guess maybe off the bat, give me like the elevator pitch on you if you were to like describe yourself to someone who maybe didn't know you or your work. That's that's a fun question, actually, because <laughs> people always ask what I do. And mm -hmm. uh, my response is different every time because uh, it's it's weird. Um, I tell stories in the span of 20 seconds mm -hmm. uh, and hope people understand them. Yeah. So some people don't really understand that, um, <laughs> but it, it's fun. It's a it's a unique thing, I think. Damn, I may have not have noticed that. Do you strive for like the 20 second mark with most of your videos? Yeah, I would say so. I, I like to keep them short. I mean, mm -hmm. some of them definitely go longer. And that's if I just feel like I, I can't tell the story in that short amount of time. But totally. um, I try to keep it very to the point, 20 seconds max. Like, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And definitely, uh, <laughs> I, I'm guessing probably plays a little better with the TikTok algorithm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. But when did videos and making videos start for you? Am I to believe your bio that you stole your dad's camera? <laughs> uh, yes, that, that is real. very true. Um, <laughs> it was senior year of high school, 2019. I graduated. So it was last nice. year. Yeah, I just I, I didn't really have any passions. And I was kind of tired of just playing video games all day. So mm -hmm. I knew my dad had a really nice camera and uh, I borrowed it and uh, started making really stupid videos. But it worked out. It was it was really fun just like being able to make these videos and have something to do. Uh, and I put a lot of time into it and just, yeah, I just stole my dad's camera. And uh, <laughs> ever since then, I've been using it. Seems like it's definitely worked out. And it seems like like visual arts has always at least been around for at least a minute. Like I, I see you've incorporated in some of your videos, some of your, your drawing and painting. When did mm -hmm. that start? I mean, I've always been into art, mm -hmm. uh, but never, you know, I'm, I'm not the best at it. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say throughout high school, I was taking some art classes and learning to draw and paint. That was probably my first like the first thing I did that was pretty creative. Um, but it wasn't I, I was never like into video until uh, after high school, really. Totally. What's the, and you t spoke to it a little bit, but like, what's the draw to narrative? Even if it's not explicit, it seems like there's always some through line uh, of, of, of story in your videos. So like, why do I want a narrative? For yeah. My videos? Yeah. Cause like you see like a bunch of, especially on the more um, like cinematic quality side, sometimes it'll just be mm -hmm. like vibes and, and definitely vistas, yeah. whatever, which is and, cool. And I've, I've totally made those videos too. And, yeah. and I love making those videos, but um, I think one thing that really just sells a, a, a movie or anything is like even music videos is like the story that you can tell. And, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't really matter about the effects you use or uh, um, it, it's really all about like, like, what is this story being told and can it like impact people's emotions? I think that's a huge thing. And if I can tell a story that can like make someone cry or make someone feel like that's a pretty cool feeling. Because even um, I think you could argue to an extent like a really good story could elevate uh even like poor quality of of film oh like, totally <laughs> totally and and when people come to me like i get a lot of questions asking the camera gear i use mm -hmm. um and and everyone if if you ever ask someone what camera they use they'll tell you that like it's not about the camera 
but that's that's really true. Like mm-hmm. I, I think the story is what's most important. Like there's some videos I make where I just use this like seventy dollar handy cam, but like those are some of my favorite videos because it's really all about that story that you're telling. Amazing. Yeah, I really love that. And I yeah, I stand behind that. There's a I'm kind of an island unto my own in my like friend group. I'm like the only video guy, which is chill. Yeah, no, but, same. Same with me. Yeah. yeah. And like some of my friends, they've been like they want to get into video and photography and stuff, but they always get mm-hmm. stuck up on the gear. They're just researching gear. And I'm like, no, yeah, just and I understand that. And, it, and it's hard to preach that like you don't need a nice camera when you own a nice camera. <laughs> that's so. true. That's true. Yeah, it's yeah. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes just wish people would take that first step and like, I mean, we all have phones. It's a camera in your pocket. Yeah, totally. And I think like I need to make more videos with just my phone to show people like, yeah, mm. you can still make cool stuff um, just That's with the, the phone. So I like that. That is the next move. <laughs> and uh, and even I left a comment on one of your videos r- pertaining to this. Like, my man, what is the key to low light filmmaking? Because I'm, oh I'm not God. sure if I've seen other people on TikTok do it as good as you. <laughs> um the the key to low light filming which is so funny because the nice camera that you do use is actually like terrible for low light uh <laughs> but i make it work by my room which most of my stuff is filmed in is already very dark and so i think the key is to like i heard this once and i love it it's it's to paint with the shadows so Ooh. it's not about lighting um the whole scene it's more about like just lighting what you want to show and keeping everything else in the dark Mm. Um, which adds so much more like contrast and also like it helps with the story if it's like a dark scene like uh the the one i made with uh the blood on my hands yeah. like yeah you know a, a, that was all practical lighting too and i used like very little lighting but yeah i i wanted to keep a lot of that in the dark because it was i was going for this um moody dark story mm-hmm. and uh it just helped a lot totally. so i would say the key is to just like not use a bunch of lights and, and put those lights that you do use to uh you know shine light on what you want to show Mm-hmm. And everything else that doesn't matter, leave it out. <laughs> Just be very intentional. I like that. Yeah. Um, so much I find when making videos, so much work is left off screen when it comes to like mm-hmm. when you put a lot of time into a video. Yeah. Is there a video in your library that sticks out that had the longest or most amount of effort put into off screen? Um, there is. And it was my video that's done the best, actually. Um, it was one where I was with my dad. Uh, kind of just like when you put the headphones on and you listen to music, like all care goes away. That was the video. I, if you know what yeah. I'm talking about. That one, the original idea, I spent a lot of time in my head thinking about these ideas. There was this um, competition on TikTok to like upload a creative video. And if you won, you would win some money. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really wanted to enter this. And so I like stayed up and I pulled an all-nighter just like overthinking an idea that was like this idea will be destined to win Mm -hmm. um and then in the morning i like pitched the ideas to my dad and he hated it (laughs) and (laughs) after staying up all night like planning this out and i realized like i just put way too much time thinking about this i just need to make something fun and so i like changed up the whole idea for the video in like 20 minutes uh filmed with him and uh yeah that's that's what happened with the video and turned out i never actually ended up putting in the competition because i was like ah like i just switched up this idea it's not gonna work out anymore like i shouldn't even enter it but then it's my best video so far so it's just funny how that works but that probably had the most time put into it um and the funniest part was i like changed up this idea that i had for 10 hours i was thinking about and made up an idea in 20 minutes and it worked 
that's god yeah i vibe with that so hard yeah just overthinking i've been there where i'll yeah. have like a song in the head and i'll like visualize it for like a week you finally put your concept together and it's not anything like you thought yeah. it was gonna yeah. be finding finding the right song can be very hard oh it i'd say it's like it's so much more of the work than people give it credit to it's a whole mm -hmm. sense that i feel and I, you, I, you you can tell when people don't think about yeah. what song they're gonna use <laughs> And I, I truly think like half of my videos, uh, the reason why they do well sometimes is like, it's the song. It, yeah. it really is just like, if if I can find a song that goes well with the story I'm telling, like it just makes it 10 times better. Oh, love it so much. And how much, I, I feel like I maybe know the answer, but like how much of the Ethan we see on screen is the Ethan off screen? Like would your friends describe you as eccentric and a little out there or? Are you oh, like... definitely, yeah. Okay. I've, always, I've always kind of been like that. And I, I, I try to put my authentic self, you know, on, onto TikTok, even though I'm playing a character in every video. But <laughs> yeah, there's, there's still a part of me in every video that I think people could see and be like, that's Ethan. Hell yeah. And definitely, um, yeah, coming from that place of groundedness and honesty definitely is going to attract a very particular audience, which is super cool. Yeah. Well, um, Ethan, thank you for taking time of your day and speaking with me. Of um, course, yeah. It was, was fun. Yeah. In closing, I was wondering, what piece of advice would you tell aspiring filmmakers or maybe something you wish you knew before you started making videos? Um, I would say that, you know, in, in the digital age that we're in, it's very easy to just create stuff and put it out for the world to see. And I think TikTok's a great platform for that to film a video on your phone and get hundreds of thousands of views. So mm -hmm. if you are uh, an inspiring filmmaker and you don't know where to start, start on TikTok. Uh, oh, yeah. post, post like an 18 second story that you tell and it could blow up and that could be your start and you'll just roll with it. So that's some advice I would give. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, and so many people are on it, and there's gonna be so many eyes. Oh, yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely gonna get a taste of it, and then hopefully some feedback, positive or you know, critical, which is always appreciated. Yeah, always, yeah, it's always needed. <laughs> Sick, but yeah, thank you for cool. speaking and sharing your thoughts. Super cool. Thank you for having me. Of course. I wish you a lovely rest of the day, man. All right. Thank you. See you later. Ciao. Special thanks to Eunice, Layla, and Ethan for making this episode possible, as well as everyone who submitted a response to the prompt. Intro music provided by Wafee, that's W-A-Y-F-I-E, and accompanying tracks by Low Boil, that's L-O-B-O-I-L, who can both be found on all major streaming platforms. I'll see you soon, and thanks for tuning in to Blonde Radio.